Oh, come on, don't do it just because somebody else is. Express it from your heart this morning. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for what you've done for us. God, we thank you for what you're going to do. Hey, listen, did you know that you don't have to fight for victory? You can fight from victory. See, the victory has already been won. So when you connect to victory, you don't have to fight for it. You just fight from it. It's in Christ that we can do all things. And sometimes, how many of you understand that sometimes doing all things is just getting through the day without slapping somebody? Sometimes, sometimes... Doing all things is just not saying that 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 swear word out loud. Come on, don't you be religious on me this morning. You cussing your heart, it ain't just as bad as saying it out loud, but it means it's still there. How many of you are thankful this morning? That even though God knows our heart, He still sent His absolute best to cover the multitude of everything that we'll ever desire. Could you do me a huge favor? I'm going to let you be seated in, in, in 10 seconds, but I want you to just bless our worship team real quick. I'm going to let these guys and girls just have a seat where they are. You can be seated this morning where you are. We're going to throw a little change up to you this morning, and I'm going to explain why the reason for kind of the mix-up and service order. We're actually not skipping anything. We're just moving it around a little bit, and, and today it's not just because we wanted to mix it up to see if something new would happen. That's not really the essence of the day. Today actually has a purpose. After second service, I've got to be at, uh, on an airplane ready to leave by 2.40 in Baton Rouge, and so I I was looking at that and and I realized I was not going to make it if I preached as long as I usually do in second service. And then you guys don't have to say amen to that. You're not even here for second service. Well, some of you stay. So, um, But that's why, I, just to explain, I'm going to preach second service and as soon as I finish the message, I'm going to, I'm going to head out and, and, and head in that direction. But here's, here's what I, I don't want you to do today, okay? We're going to go, I know we kind of cut your worship off. Well, we did that on purpose. Because we're going to pick up right where we left off as soon as I finish this 20-minute in Jesus' name message today. So we're going to have prayer and worship again at the end of the message. And then the last thing we'll do, so I really want to ask you not to leave. The last thing we'll do is receive offering today. And then our in-house pastor, Blaine Francois, is going to come and pray the blessing over you this morning. And I am excited um, about my trip. But I'm actually just as excited to hear him next Sunday. He's going to be in the pulpit. You're going to have even more years of ministry and experience. He's not just covering for me while I'm gone. I believe he's got a word from God for such a time as this for you. Don't miss next Sunday. Turn in your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. While you're turning there, I want to uh, just remind the adults and the children, adults and children, there will be no services on campus for adults and children this Wednesday night, okay? It's July 4th. Our kids are going to be at kids camp. Pastor John is helping lead worship with Pastor Lydia at kids camp. 
okay, and I'm going to be in Zimbabwe. So we thought, well, it's July 4th. Here's what we do want you to do. We want you to enjoy whatever festivities and opportunities this community offers and go out there, spend time with your family, and be the light of God in this community. Now, students, students, teenagers, if you have students and teens, they are having Freedom Night. Well, what is that? I don't know, but it sounds cool. And if I were a student, I would come to it. Pastor Weston and Kelsey are going to have service over there. They're going to have an abridged service, and then they're going to go out, uh, I believe, to the, the Fields Erect Center down here and, and enjoy the fireworks and the shows, okay? So I just wanted to give you that and let you know I need you to do one more thing before we get into the scripture this morning. We are hearing testimonies, seeing testimonies of people who are getting to be a part of this ministry, even though they may not be able to, to be in this sanctuary, which I think is just incredible. It shows how cool God is, how amazing He will use whatever He can to make sure that somebody gets to experience His gospel. Would you please welcome all of those who are joining us online this morning, and specifically our brothers and sisters at the Eunice Correctional Facility. We love you guys. And we hope that you will come and see us in person as soon as you are given that opportunity. I want to speak to you this morning on a, a, just a little title I believe that the Lord revealed to me called Chasing the Light. Chasing the Light. When I was in student ministry, we would play this idiotic game called Capture, capture the Flag. Okay, um, I don't know if you ever played Capture the Flag, but it was, it was kind of wild. And what made it even more fun is when we would play capture the flag in the dark. <laughs> Come on, somebody. In the woods. Okay, so here's what we would put the girls on one team and the guys on one team because I wasn't born yesterday and I remember being a teenager. And if you put me in the dark on the team with the girls, I ain't playing capture the flag. I, and I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm saying I had to pay some consequences because of the decisions that I made there. But we'd hand them flashlights and we'd have leaders running all over the place. And, uh, and, and the thing is, if you didn't have a good flashlight, then you didn't have a good night. Because <laughs> it, it's, hard, it's hard to see in the dark. And if your flashlight went out in, in the dark playing this game in the woods, okay, in uh, central Arkansas, you don't know what you might run off into, what you might run off over, okay? And so you wanted a flashlight or you wanted to be with somebody that did have a flashlight. So if your flashlight went out when you were playing that game, you spent most of the night chasing the light. Why? Because it's only the light that allows you to be able to see in the darkness. It's only the light that exposes things that would not have otherwise been exposed and you can be protected and you don't have to go through things that you would have gone through because you had the light shining on it and you saw it coming so you were able to make an adjustment. Uh, things are just scarier in the dark. I love uh, one of our Arkansas evangelists, Dean Caldwell, incredible man of God, been traveling for years. He, he can quote the Bible without even looking at it, and it's the like weirdest, coolest thing all at the same time because he like quote the most random, like 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 36 says, and he'll just be like, just tell you exactly what it says, but he also was a prankster. And so sometimes I'm wondering if he just makes stuff up because we just, but he was a prankster. And when he was pastoring a church, 
he had a, a lady that would take care of the facilities and she would come in at night because she was working during the day. So she would come in at night and clean the facilities. I don't know if you've ever been in an empty sanctuary at night, okay? But I'm telling you, it will challenge the fear on the inside of you. You can just sense it's just spooky. Uh, even though it's cool, it's spooky. And he would come in and one night he was there when she was there, but she didn't know it. Okay, so she's walking down the hallway because it's like our hallway. You have to walk down the hallway to to kind of kind of feel around on the wall until you hit the light. Okay, so he was standing in the dark. He reached around the corner and put his hand in front of the light switch. So when she's walking down the hallway, he went to she went to grab the light and he grabbed her hand and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" And she, Wah! you know, she fell out. <laughs> Because things are scarier in the dark. I mean, Dean Caldwell's like 5'8". He's not scary. I mean, he's just, he's not scary. He's not a big guy. He don't work out. He's a sweet little man that's 5'8", about 5 foot 8 inches tall. But in the dark, come on, he's scary, okay? Ephesians 1, verse 18. Paul is telling the church in Ephesus what his prayer for them is. Okay, and I believe it's our prayer for you today to chase the light. Paul said, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Now, now why does he say your hearts? Because we understand that the human heart is deceitfully wicked. Okay, and if there's a dark area in the heart, if there's a hidden area in the heart, If there's an area in your heart that's not exposed to light, then that is a dangerous area. But if you can get your heart flooded with light where everything is exposed and revealed. Now that sounds scary, but here's the cool thing about Jesus. Okay, Without Jesus, that's offensive. Okay, But in Christ, it's attractive. See, without Him, without Him, if everything were just to be revealed in your life, without Him, you're going to be embarrassed and condemned, okay? But in Jesus, when the light is shed over your heart and things in your life are exposed and revealed, you're not embarrassed and condemned. You're convicted and changed, baby. You get free in that moment whenever it's in Jesus' name. It's not offensive. It's attractive. It's an invitation to come live a life that you're not currently living and so Paul says I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light why so that you can understand so that you can comprehend the hope the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich and glorious in inheritance listen I I don't my, my wife nor I are what you would call morning people. Uh, I know some people that are. I don't like you. Until, until I've had my rev or whatever else happens to be in the cabinet. I love you as soon as I finish my cup of coffee. And I even start to like you a little bit. I'm, but we're just not morning people. Okay, and, and on Sundays, sometimes like, she forgets that I have to get up 
and get and get ready and and she's still trying to rest because she didn't have to be here quite as early as I do and she's got this I mean amazing ability to get three kids dressed within 30 minutes it's incredible it's crazy looking and, and it's chaotic but it's it, it it comes together somehow but she doesn't like it when I flip the light on and and I shine it in her face okay but but when that happens listen when the light comes on, you, you really don't have the option but to wake up, okay? If you feel like there's an area in your life where, where you're maybe sleeping or, or maybe you're, you're drifting away from a place that you used to be or, or you don't sense what you used to sense, maybe you don't have the passion that you used to have, I'm telling you, begin chasing the light because when the light comes on, things inside of you begin to wake up and you can't stay in the same position. Come on, you can't say, stay in the same state. You can't just lay there and hope something happens. The light is on. You got to get up. You got to get ready. You got to prepare. You got to plan and you have got to go after why the light light came on if the light doesn't come on you can sit there all day listen you can't be depressed in the light you can't be anxious in the light you 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 can't hide come on somebody you can't hide in the light there's nowhere there's no secret compartment in the light when somebody wants to hide something they don't take a flashlight and point at it and say hey don't look at that no, you hide it in a closet. You hide it in a corner. Somebody hid my backpack this week. I really needed it. It was hiding behind the couch in the dark. When I moved the couch, the light shined on it. I found the backpack. All was well. Everybody was free in the house as soon as I got finished fussing them. You got to turn the light on. Listen, you can't sit inside your house with the blinds closed watching Lifetime and soap operas all day. Come on. You can't sit inside with the blinds closed and watch movies all afternoon long and then feel... You can't sit inside with the blinds closed and scroll on Facebook and Instagram and send Snapchats and tweet all day long and feel productive in life. You got to turn the light on. You got to get up and produce what you were created to produce. You weren't created to sit in the dark and be sad. You were created for the light. That's why you don't feel like you're supposed to feel when you don't do what you're supposed to do. Turn on the light and wake up. Turn on the light. What is, what is the light? Let's keep going. Verse 19. I pray also that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him this is the same mighty power now i want to say that again this is the same mighty power that raised christ from the dead and and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Okay, let me, I gotta stay here for a second because I gotta break that down and make sure that you understand how important this is. Paul is praying that they would understand who they already are. He's not trying to convince them, okay, or, or, or ask them to become something. 
He is trying to reveal to them, help them comprehend who they already are. That you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. It's for you. It's already there. You don't have to fight for it. You get to live in it. You get to live from it. It's God's power for us who believe. This is the power that we have. It's the same power inside of you that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that took him out of the grave and made him walk around for 40 days. It's the same power that revealed himself to 500 people. It's the same power that came down on the day of Pentecost. It's the same power that healed people at a gate called Beauty. It's the same power that built the church in the book of Acts in the face of scrutiny by Romans like we've never seen before. It's the same power that placed Jesus at the right hand of God in heavenly realms. That is in me. And you can't have it. And I can't give it to you. Now I can pray for you to have it. But it's mine. I had to understand it. I had to chase the light and pursue it. Come on, my Nana didn't give it to me. My granddaddy didn't give it to me. The men and women of God before me, they prepared a way, but they didn't give it to me. You've got to get it for you. It is available as you chase the light. Can I show you a video of some students it experienced the light this week. Are we ready for that? Come on, watch this. This is incredible. That's three students out of 40 that went to camp this week and came home changed on the inside. Listen, when you get inside of you what you're supposed to have, then what comes out of you is what's supposed to be. And you can't help but shine the light when you chase the light. Do you remember when God stirred that inside of you? Do you, do you remember when you had the passion that you wanted to have? When you had the purity that you wanted to have? When you had the innocence 
as a child that Jesus said, only when you live like these shall you inherit the kingdom. Do you remember when you had a divine purpose and a destiny? When the light hit you and it didn't scare you, it excited you. It revealed to you things that you knew needed to be different and things that you knew could be better. Because you experienced the light. But here's what happens. Distraction comes before darkness. See, along the way, somewhere, even though many of us have had some of those experiences that we just heard from our teenagers, and maybe, I, maybe you never spoke in tongues, or maybe never received a prayer language, or maybe you're still pursuing, what does this baptism of the Holy Spirit mean? And maybe you're still learning how to worship God in, in your way, person. It doesn't all have to look the same. It's for you. It's personal. It's, it's between you and Jesus, okay? And maybe you're still in that growth process, but, but you're somewhere in this journey. And wherever that somewhere is, I can promise you that as long as you fix your eyes on Him and you continue to follow Him with everything that you have, then not only will you chase the light, but you'll experience the light and you will shine the light even into the darkness. But the number one thing that happens to, to bring darkness back where light was shining is distraction. The cares of this life, the concerns of this world, come on, the desires of our flesh distract us from the light. And when we get distracted, darkness begins to creep back in. Like a shadow over a valley as a cloud begins to cover. That darkness just begins to come back in like a wave. And you can push that back by turning your distraction into discipline. You can take your distraction and shove it to the side by becoming a disciple, a disciplined believer of Jesus. The power of God is alive in those who believe in him who placed their faith their substance in him Paul warns about to this church see Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians and then you see him go back after he wrote a letter okay or after he sent an email or shot a text message okay this is a first century text message that's what this is right now he wrote to the Ephesians and he told them what he was praying for Okay, And then he was still so concerned about them that you see in Acts chapter 20 that he goes back. And you may or may not have these scriptures, and they may or may not be in your notes. But Paul goes back to the church of Ephesus in Acts chapter 20. And in Acts chapter 20 verse 28, he says, listen, guard yourselves. Guard yourselves. Now, he wrote a letter, but now he wants to make sure that they hear it face to face. He's telling them, I'm telling you, when you have an experience in the presence of God, when you have an encounter of His Spirit, an encounter of His grace, an encounter of His mercy, your work has not got completed. It has just begun to guard yourselves. And then he says, and God's people, shepherd the flock, shepherd the church, be involved with what the church has going on. Why? Because that is what Jesus purchased with his blood. That's Acts 20, 28. 
you got to guard yourselves and God's people and shepherd the church. Why? Because that's what Jesus bought with his own blood. That's what he set out to do was to not just build an individual, but to build a church. A church that had more impact than culture. A church that had more influence than community. A church that accomplished more together than they would have ever been able to have done alone. He purchased it with his blood. And then he says, but, but listen, there's going to be, there's gonna be some, some wolves that come in. And you got to guard against the wolves. They're the naysayers. They're the complainers. They're the Pharisees. They're the religious. They're the ones that, that pour water on every fire and try to burn every river. They don't even sometimes realize in that they're doing it, but their tongue, their tongue has death in it. And you've got to shun them or you've got to ignore them. You've got to put them in their proper place. And I'm not talking about people that, that don't know Jesus. I'm talking about people that say they do. You've got to watch out for those people that don't, that don't speak life, that don't shed light, that every time you see them coming. Okay, listen, I'll say it this way. I know a lot of people pray in the Spirit, but they're evil in English. Okay? Now, they may not know what they're saying in the Spirit because they're speaking mysteries, but you don't ever know what in the world they're going to say in English, and you're just waiting for them to make that dumb comment that's going to offend seven people around you, and then you're going to have to clean up their mess when they leave. Okay, don't be that. Don't be that. Paul said you've got to guard against the wolves that are going to try to come in, and then finally you've got to watch out and remember, remember, remember what took place in your life. Remember the time that you were in the light and you get to stay that way. But they became distracted. And here's what's, it's, what's interesting to me as I kind of begin to wrap this thing up this morning. They became distracted by, by even the right things. Did you know that you can do the right thing with the wrong attitude? And it's actually just as divisive just as discouraging and just as distracting as if you just had no discipline in your life whatsoever. In fact, can I just be really transparent with you this morning? I was probably one of the greatest enemies to the kingdom of God in my high school. I may have been one of the greatest enemies to the gospel of Jesus Christ in my community because I said all the right things and sometimes even did them but I was manipulative, I was selfish, I was out for me, I was never looking out for anybody else. And my actions did not always line up with his word and everybody knew that I was a fraud. I looked right on the outside, but slowly yet surely, what was in my heart began to be revealed. Because you can only be a certain way in private for so long before it begins to expose itself in public. Be sure and know that your sins will find you out. There is no thing hidden. There is no thing in the darkness which shall not be revealed. At some point or another, the light is going to shine on it. So why not take the time to shine it on it yourself? Revelation chapter 2, the letter to this church that we're talking about, 
the letter to the Ephesians who had a, 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 an apostle write them a prayer. The letter to the Ephesians who had Paul, Paul, like, man, look, I, I know I'm not a perfect dude, but if Paul reincarnates, okay, and comes walking back in here, I feel like for a pretty solid season, I'm going to get a few things right. <laughs> Do you know how many times you've sat in his presence when you read his word? Do you know how many times you've communed with John the Apostle when you opened the word of God that the Holy Spirit spoke through him? Do you understand? You, we, man, if I got to walk with Jesus for three years, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Every time that you open that book and you spend just a little time in His presence, you are supping with the Lord. You are shining light on the darkness of your heart. But you can't be distracted. Even by the right things. Watch. I know... Jesus says to the church I know all the things you do I've seen your hard work come on I've seen your patient endurance remember by your patience possess your soul I've seen your patient endurance I know that you don't tolerate evil people that's right I don't I'll kick their tail right out of here I'm going to tell them the truth even if it hurts don't hurt me hurts them though I know how you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. And you discovered they are liars. You patiently suffered. You suffered. You didn't just experience the good stuff. You suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or one another as you did at first. New King James says you have, you have forgotten. Your first love was, listen, we have been distracted from not just what's most important, but the only thing that matters to love God to fall in love with Jesus more than we love anything else to worship him in spirit and truth to spend time in his word and prayer see we can do all the health fairs and serve days and we can talk about generosity and giving and patience and diligence and discipline but if we don't do it because we are in love with Jesus if we don't do it because we are compelled with the life of the gospel going to just one more person just one more person you've forgotten verse 5 look how far you have fallen you know what this is scary and encouraging all at the same time. But God doesn't look at who you were. He looks at who you are. 
Pastor, let me tell you what we used to do. Pastor, let me tell you what happened in 1982. Let me tell you about the day that I, I want to know what's happening now. I want to know what's going to happen tomorrow because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive and well, and he is alive and he is well inside of his church. It's that same spirit. He loves, he loves you. And when you connect to that love, you can't help but shine the light. Turn back to me, Jesus says, and do the works that you did at first. What did you do to get to Jesus? Surrender. What did you do to get to Jesus? Receive what he already paid for. What will you do to come back to Jesus? Surrender. What will you do to come back to Him? Be disciplined in His presence. Fight real hard. Be real patient. Yeah, sure. But see, those things are the leaf that come from the root. And the root is just repenting back to Him. If you don't repent, I'll come and remove your lampstand. Watch this. Here's what He's going to do. If you don't repent, if you don't love Him, if you don't fall in love with Him and keep falling in love with him he's going to take your light away the lampstand that's the light he's going to remove it you were distracted you were discouraging you were divisive so i'm going to take your light and i'll put it over here but if you do repent if you do then he's going to shine the light even more If you do repent, change your mind about how good, how well you're getting along. Man, we have filled this place up twice on Sunday. God is doing great things. Yeah, absolutely. He is. He is. Praise God for that. But I don't think God has a vision for four walls on Satig Street. I don't think God has a vision that has a lid and a capacity. I don't think what God wants to do in this community and the surrounding areas has even began to be revealed. But I promise you that the only way we'll see it is if he shows it with his light. John 8, 12, this is the last thing. Jesus spoke to the people once more. Once more after what? I read that once more because this is the scripture that I was led to. Jesus spoke to the people once more. Well, what was said before the once more? He had just dealt with the woman that was called in the act of adultery. He had just dealt with the wolves in religious clothing. He had just given light in the midst of darkness. And he said, woman, where are your accusers? If they don't condemn you, then neither do I. And then the next scripture, Jesus spoke to the people once more. All the people that just watched Jesus forgive a harlot. All the people who just watched Jesus mess up the religious thought process and the old way. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light 
that leads to life. You will have the light that crucifies your adultery. You will have the light that dismisses your apathy. You will have the light that breaks your addiction. You will have the light that shines in the darkness and frees you from the sin that you are currently ashamed of. You will have the light that inspires you to do more than you have ever done. If you will chase the light, if you will follow Jesus with everything that you have, if you will just take a step as He leads and let Him establish every step that you take then you can be one evaluation away from a new decision you can be one decision one step away from a new direction see listen I don't think this morning that we need three steps to victory I don't think this morning that we need seven steps to your best life now I don't think this morning that we need 12 chapters to a purpose-driven life I think that we as a church just need to take one step out of darkness and into the marvelous light that is Jesus Christ, my Lord. And if you will make him yours, then you can experience the light. Chase the light. Chase the light. This week, chase the light. This afternoon, chase the light. Right now. Stand with me this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want our prayer team to begin to make their way to the front, down the sides. If you're in here this morning and you know that you've had more darkness in your life than you had light, if you're in here this morning and you want to give your life back to Jesus or you want to give it to him for the very first time, we're going to lead you in a prayer and we're going to let you worship in spirit and in truth and freedom like you haven't worshiped in a long time. If I'm talking to you right now, don't you let the enemy hinder you. Let the Holy Spirit help you. If I'm talking to you and you know that you need to receive the light today, whether for the first time or the first time in a long time, or maybe you've just been drifting, or maybe you've just been distracted, but you know, Chris, I need the light right now. I need the light this morning. I haven't been in it, and I need to be in it. Would you lift your hand and just be honest with yourself? Come on, just begin to worship Him. I can't give it to you. Church, let me ask you a question. May you be, maybe you've been doing all the right things. Maybe you've got everything in order, but you realize this morning that your pursuit of the light has not been your main purpose. And today you want to correct that. I just want to chase the light. I just want to chase the light. If I'm talking to you, would you say, that's me. That's me. Hands going up all over the room. Chris, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right where you are, I want you to pray. Jesus, forgive me for being distracted by my own desires and other things that are not important. Take my life. Make it yours. Forgive me of my sin and fill me with your spirit. Help me to worship you in spirit 
and in truth right now and for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now listen, I want to invite you as the worship team begins. If you have a prayer request, if you have something that God just revealed and you need to come share it with somebody, don't carry it back out of this sanctuary. Don't just say a prayer right where you are and pat yourself on the back and leave the same. Come and pray. If you've got a need, if you need healing, spiritual, emotional, physical, if you need anybody to agree with you in anything in the name of Jesus in prayer, then we're going to open up these altars for the time that we have left. At the end of that, Pastor Weston's going to kind of bring this to a close. We're going to worship God with our giving. Don't leave. If you're a guest today, don't feel pressured by that. Just get to be a part of it and only do as God purposes in your heart. And then we're going to receive the blessing. But I'm going to pray and they're going to start. And I want you to come. I want you to move. I want you to do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. And let's worship him for the way that he deserves this morning. Jesus, I love you. I pray that you would help us right now to begin to worship you in spirit and in truth right now to turn a corner God right now that we would chase the light in a way that we haven't chased God would we be like a teenager at camp just one morning may we be like a child in your presence that comes running up to you and throws up her arms to be lifted up by the king may we be like what you desire for just a few moments this morning shine your light and let us do the same in Jesus name amen